you are listening to the TN Horror Podcast Network. Horror with a sense of humor. We have had a doozy of a day. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Welcome to the Horror Basement, coming to you from our homes. I'm one of the hosts, Johnny. we got Jim Jam, Yeti, and Angela here with us. Jim Jam here. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. <laughs> and we are serving up horror all over the land like biscuits and gravy, baby. Just want to go ahead and point it out. Uh, we're doing video uh, podcasts. You can go check it out uh, on YouTube and go follow our page. Jim Jam has some new fancy uh, software, or fancy to us at least, so yeah. it should look pretty cool, and we're trying to update stuff, or he is, so it's going to be pretty cool. You know, we're moving forward with technology. It only took almost five years. <laughs> yeah. Moving on up in and, the world. And also, we have merch at T Public. Uh, you can go check it out. We've got a bunch of stuff. Everything that every design that we have on there, you can get put on multiple things stickers, mugs, tote bags, banners like behind Yeti and Jim Jam right now. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, the shirt. Uh, and uh, hold on, Johnny. I, I got it full screen, so they can't see what you're doing. Oh, uh, well, that's I'll, cool. I'll take it down. There you go. You're back. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I can't see what he's doing. So, like I say, this is going to get some getting used to. But once we get moved to the new studio, then I'll be able to see what he does. What else was there? Uh, this movie, what else? There was something else? Oh, yeah. You can donate to our Patreon and all that stuff uh, if you want Blow to. Blow that shit up. There was something else I thought of, but I can't remember. But. The movie of the week this week is going to be Baskin. It's on Hulu. Make sure you go watch it because there will be spoilers, as always, in everything that we do. We spoil. I mean, how are you going to talk about the movie without spoiling it? What you're seeing uh, right now, that's, uh, that's Baskin, Kevin James, and uh, that girl. But, yeah. Yeah, they don't have a we'll, – we'll get into that um, when we get to the movie of the week. We're going to talk a little bit of news today, but first, uh, let's do some corn talk, I guess. Yeah. Our weekly thing. I, I, people really aren't quarantined anymore in most states, or in a lot of states. I shouldn't say most. I don't know how many are not and are. But uh, they have lifted restrictions. Like, in Tennessee, half the r- restaurants can have, uh, like, 50% uh, uh, what, is, what are they called? Customers. Capacity. Yeah, fifty percent capacity. So, which I haven't been out to eat in a restaurant to sit down yet. So, I mean, I don't know if any of y'all have. Nah, this, we'll give it a while. Nah. No, this Friday though they're opening up where it's full capacity. Hey, yeah, I'll I'll fucking, that. that'll be a no for me, dog. Well, uh, you know that'll be like the uh, one video I sent in the group chat of. Uh, uh, blow up dolls and chairs, so it's still gonna be half capacity. I saw <laughs> I saw an article about that where it was another place where they said to make social the social distancing seating less awkward. They're gonna put mannequins at tables, you know, that had to stay empty. And I don't know about y'all, but I would rather eat in a restaurant with a bunch of empty tables than eat in a yeah. restaurant with tables full of fucking mannequins. I don't know. I think that's kind of cool and trippy. (laughs) Yeah, the trippy part. Where does your head automatically go, though? Somebody's about to murder you. They're going. Yeah, I've seen that movie. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen that movie. Like, if you're if you're expecting it, it's fun. Like, oh man, let's go. There's a bunch of mannequins at this restaurant. It's all fucking weird. But if you're just like, oh, I'm gonna go to TGA Fridays and grab lunch. You know, and you go in, and there's fucking mannequins everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> well, if, if you're eating at TGI Fridays, I mean, 
that was just the right, that, was, that was just what came right, up. I'm talking to you, dude. <laughs> don't bother me with people waiting to TGI Fridays. I don't care. That was the fanciest restaurant I could think of off the oh, top of my God. head. <laughs> the fanciest. Geez. Golden Corral is the height of sophistication here, man. Yeah. Do you think they'll be able to open back up? I guess they'll just have to serve everyone. That you know, defeats the entire purpose of going to Golden Corral. That'll be the only way, though. It's like, it'll be shameful, though, because I've only been once, but you know, you go up there and you're like, yeah, give me some chips and some little bit of some nacho cheese, uh, a little bit more, some more, you know, <laughs> you know, very, you know, have to be like, more, more. I don't want them to see what, what I'm eating up there yeah. or how much I'm eating. I think Eddie's froze. Okay. Or we lost him. We lost him. But, uh, so, Angela, how's uh, everything going for you up there in Chicago? Chicago. You know, I, you know I, it's funny because I'm so bad. I don't even look at the news. So I don't even know what restrictions have been lifted, if any. Um, I know that masks have become mandatory. When you go to, into like stores and Walgreens and so forth, um, they've been counting. So we went to Target and um, Home Depot, and you have to stand out line uh, outside in a line, and they um, only allow so many people in the store at a time. So that's been going on. Um, a lot more people outside. Um, I think people are getting more relaxed. Um, some are still wearing masks, some aren't when they're outside, but I notice a lot of the families are intermingling and neighbors are intermingling now. So kind of disregarding the, the rules a bit. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I seen well, that uh, yesterday. Um, I was going to say, I seen a news article for Chicago where a guy went into a restaurant, a chicken fried chicken restaurant. Uh, a Grubhub guy driver, he didn't have his mask on, and they told him, "You need to wait outside." Only mm -hmm. one person in at a time. And he got pissed off, and he kicked the door on his way out. And he was like, just causing a problem. He ran over the girl. Wow! They, they called the police, and uh, the the girl, the woman's daughter, was standing in front of his car. Which I don't know why anybody stands in front of a car. Yeah. I mean, granted, you shouldn't run him over, but he ran her over. Sounds like, like the West or South Side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I mean, it's like, yeah, I was like, damn, that's yeah. But he had to make that delivery, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they, they got to be timely. Hey, you know, he should, in front of a fucking car. He should ignite her ass. Yeah, but some some um place like Chipotle opened up, um, but you know it's six six feet away and. And so forth, and then even um, you have to be a certain distance away from the counter. Um, they're still doing a lot of deliveries, but um, like I said, some places have opened up. So I just wonder if it'll change uh, the way restaurants run because they'll notice like, well, do we really need a dining area? Because you know yeah. people are, will go through a drive-through, you know, instead of having such a you know the new. The new places, maybe they won't have as big of a dining room area, and they'll shrink it down. You know, I still, I still have mixed feelings. I'm still kind of confused by all of this. Um, I, I obey the rules. I wear a mask um, and so forth out of respect to other people, uh, especially mainly older people. And I definitely move away for older people. Um, but it, it's... It's kind of hard because um, I understand that it can be dangerous, but at the same time, I kind of don't understand why it's so dangerous. And I understand because there's no shots, you know, there's no um, preventative measure for it, but there's so many other things that people can die from and that they do die from that I don't fully understand besides no antibiotic so called or, or or virus shot for it um besides that why is this causing such an upheaval and 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 i'm just kind of playing devil's advocate i'm not 
like I said. Right. Well, you know why? It's because of the the fear mongering that the media has pushed through. That's all you've seen and heard about. And then you have all these doctors saying, well, two million people are going to die in the United States. But, so we better but shut down. It's, but it's like a conflict even amongst doctors. And so it's kind of like, is there an agenda behind it? Um, and, and I've had close people. There's people I know that have died. We've had some police officers that have died. Like I said, nothing like Chicago, but um, I, even my best friend, her father-in-law passed away from it because it just infested their, the, the like retirement home or the, you know, yeah. Uh, old nursing homes, old folks homes, home. whatever Thank you, you. want, whatever you want to call yeah. them. But, yeah. But you know, in in my you know deepest sympathies to that, but it's also that's the population that you're going to kind of expect it because you're already so weak to begin with your immune system and stuff. Yeah. What about this and the theory of there's every century. There's, you know, like around every hundred years, there's a virus that comes out and it kills a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. Is it necessary? You know what I'm saying? Like to thin the population a little bit at one time really quickly. You know, you have that thought of it. I don't know. I mean, what it is, is every hundred years, you see, is the universe runs on you. Start, you ask for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it fucking. Okay. In order to continue running the simulation and to test where humans are on a social and fucking interpersonal level, the reptilian overlords that run the computer that fucking simulate our universe, <laughs> they have to fucking spread a pandemic. And it, it, it does test the population. It thins the population, which like, like clearing the cache on your phone or clearing the RAM in your computer, you know what I'm saying? It kind of frees up some resources. And uh, it also, from all the suffering and the fear and the death, there's a fucking big release of organ energy, which goes to power the fucking the galactic machine that keeps us all alive. That's why every hundred years we have a pandemic. You know, it's scheduled maintenance. I think uh, compared to what I hear in the media, I think I'm going to have to go with Yeti's. I think I, Yeti's uh, explanation. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's he's makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. no. I'm glad somebody makes sense. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the reptilian overlord sex population, so it might be. It might be a thing. I you never know. know. I, I, I don't think that there was a agenda behind this whole thing. Like honestly, but I do believe. The- <laughs> I mean, it was other than the streets of Hong Kong, come on, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. trying to release it. <laughs> well, we all we all know that when there is a so-called cure for it, or or, or you know, a shot for it, that it it all goes back to pharmaceuticals, insurances, oh, yeah. people making money. You know? Yeah, it's like there wasn't an agenda in the beginning, sure. but there's one now. People yeah. won't let. This it's just it's gonna be like nine eleven and fucking Pearl Harbor and everything else like the the fucking the big systems the pharmaceutical system the insurance cartels and the fucking the the, the government they're not gonna let this go to waste they're gonna leverage it to whatever fucking end they can so all right so this went from corn talk to conspiracy talk this <laughs> truth. It's so easy for us to go into conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, everybody loves it. Um, hey, yeah, I think. Uh, we want, do we want another rant from uh, Corn Talk from Yeti? Yeah, I, I don't plan these things. <laughs> well, I could just uh, say something and you get uh, go on a rant, but go ahead, Johnny. <laughs> well, I was just going to say everyone is doing well. Um, we're in the same situation we have been. We haven't been back to work yet. Uh, we're supposed to go back today, which is Monday the 9th, 18th. I mean, yeah, Monday the 18th. It's going to be down for the second week of June now is what we're hearing. So we've been off work like two months. It's been great. I mean, I'm <laughs> not going to complain because that $600 stimulus is, I mean, I'm not going to bitch about it. Yeah. You know, uh, 
I should have worked out these past two months, though, because I would have lost a lot of weight. <laughs> Do you think about that every day, too, and not get to it? <laughs> yeah. Because every sure. day, like, every day, I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, tomorrow, I'm going to get up. I'm going to fucking, I got a stack of weights in the corner, so I'm going to hit these fucking weights. I'm going to go on a fucking all-protein thing for, like, a, a week, cut some of this shit down, and then, like, I'm just like, nah, I'm going to be a fat piece of shit today. <laughs> <laughs> I seen it. I read or read, seen. I listened to a Coast to Coast AM a little snippet they had. A, talking to a guy that in the how do you call it? I wouldn't know if you call it the occult or witchcraft or. But he breaks curses on people. Like he, he's I don't know. He somehow he found out. You know. Yeah, I seen your cat walking by, <laughs> and uh, somehow he found out. You know, he was the. What are them people that are uh, easily feel things and whatever? Uh, empath. Empath when he was young. But he was saying that some people curse themselves. Like the whole weight loss thing, like you plan on getting up to do it, but then you don't. And somehow it's like a, a slight curse on yourself that you're doing to yourself. I didn't quite understand it because I don't know much about that stuff. It makes sense to me. Um, uh, because I've been, I've actually been like doing like occult reading here lately, but, um, okay. So curses and magic and stuff and the whole thing is intent, right? Yeah. So with magic, the, the, when you strip away everything and you just bare bones it, what it is, it's. Uh, a change from within to echo out into the universe to make changes in accordance with the magician's will. And in order to be able to do these kind of things, you have to, you have, there has to be like an honor there. You know what I'm saying? Where you have to, if what I tell, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I have to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because if my word doesn't mean a goddamn thing to me, it can't mean anything to the universe at large. So my will doesn't matter if there's no action behind it. So yeah. it makes sense that you've built this thing in your mind. You know, this is the change you're going to make. And then you don't follow through with it. So then it kind of snaps back on you. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Some deep shit, you ready? Hey, man. It's just like, I don't want to talk about the occult. I've got, I've got five pages of handwritten notes on a single chapter of this book coming soon. It's going to be great. All right, let's, let's move forward and get Please. out of the, the quarantine talk, the conspiracy talk, and the witchcraft occult talk that we just did. Yeah. We're going to uh, talk about uh, some news. So the first thing... First thing, oh, and just let me just put this out here. We tried to do this yesterday, so this is take two, take yeah. two. Uh, but Jim Jones' power went out because we had thunderstorms rolling through. So, and we was like halfway through it, yeah, yeah. and it just like douche. So, which it might be a blessing in disguise. My phone works today. Yeah, my, my spare phone for for uh, news. Kevin James is uh, going to be in a horror film. The guy from uh, King of Queens. He's Paul Blart Mall Yeah, he's a cop at malls. Um, the cop at malls? <laughs> yeah, he's a cop at malls. Yeah. I know you. that's what you want. You want me to say mall cop, but I didn't want to say it like that. Just to be an asshole. <laughs> oh, and you know how that guy listed in here? King of Queen actor. Yeah. Slash I mean, that, comedian. Kevin James. There's nothing about fucking Paul Blart. Just so we're no, we're clear. But uh, that show ran for so long, dude. Yeah, that's why that's but anyways, it's not about that. He's gonna be playing a neo Nazi in a horror film where he it's a home invasion film where an interracial couple are together. And I don't know how he knows the interracial couple. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe there's a backstory to that we don't know. He stumbles but upon them. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's in the preview. 
Okay. I didn't know if he stumbled. I just know that he went into the house with intent. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's a trailer out. uh, And what was I thinking? It comes out June the 5th on VOD. As I've said before, uh, there's a PVOD, which is premium video on demand, but this one's just VOD. So it shouldn't be $20. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people would pay $20 to see this movie. Because they didn't even have a poster made up for the movie that we could find. So they obviously must not have was expecting it to go to theaters. Because yeah, even I follow Joe McHale and he's in it on Instagram and um, I haven't even seen anything from him so, about it or anything. It's kind of weird. I don't I don't know. I, it looks good. Yeah, yeah it looks I, like it'd be a ton I'm of fun. Check yeah. it out. Because I just want to see Kevin James in a horror film and see him place his first serious uh, uh, role as an actor. So, yeah, I'm definitely curious to check it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm super curious. Swastika on the back of his head. You know, he yeah. pulls it part off. He's got a shaved head. He's a big dude. He's lost some weight too. Yeah, did you know that, like, Kevin James is legit like a martial artist? I don't remember which discipline it is, but yeah, he's a fighter. Dude's fucking, is apparently, like, uh, Rogan was talking about him when I used to listen to Rogan all the time. He talked about hanging out with Kevin James, and he was like, that dude's a bad motherfucker. He was like, y'all think he's just a marshmallow, but that dude's fucking tough. I thought you were going to say he was a legit neo-Nazi, but... (laughs) That would be funny. That would be fucking funny. (laughs) <laughs> His career is ruined. <laughs> he used to play a particular type of movie. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, in the trailer, you've seen uh, where the the girl, she's like 13 years old in the movie, you're supposed to be. And she played in Annabelle, one of the Annabelles. Her name's Lulu something. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying something when I have it right here. Lulu <laughs> Wilson, Annabelle creation. Uh, she becomes, I don't know, you watch the trailer and and one part of it, he's like, I don't want to hurt you or not Kevin James, but some other guy. And she's like, oh, but I want to hurt you. And then she takes a flame, like some whatever aerosol can and torch or some shit. So she ends up becoming like a crazy kid with uh, like what y'all said, Home Alone traps and shit. Yeah, like Home Alone meets the good son. Yeah. I'm, it's pretty I think it's going to be a cool movie. Like, I usually avoid anything with Kevin James in it. Like, Kevin James, Will Ferrell, fucking Adam Sandler. Nine times out of ten, I'll just fucking, I'll just, nope. But this looks, this looks really cool. Kind of like when you put Adam Sandler in a serious role, like fucking Punch Drunk Love, or apparently Hidden Gems is really good. He fucking That's has some real chops. I, I, yeah, I haven't either yet, but I've heard nothing but, like, really good things about it. I saw it. I I felt like I was watching Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh man! Oh really? Yeah, I don't know. Was he trying to be? Was he trying to be funny in it? No, no. But he's still kind of Adam, Adam Sandler in that particular role. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's another cat visit. Hilly, hilly. Yeah, he's been trying to jump on the cat. No. Go sit. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sure he'll listen. <laughs> yeah, my cat uh, Tucker. He he was up for quite a bit this morning, and I had the windows open. And when I open the windows up, he he stays up a little bit longer than usual. But I fed him at twelve for the third time because he always went, when I get up to go to the kitchen. So I give him a little bit of food at a time because he's always wanting to eat. Because I feed him the one can of cat food a day, and he has some, a little bit of dry food, but. He's passed out now. He's done. He stayed up way too long. He was up for hours at a time. So, yeah, he's done. And his little clamshell bed. <laughs> yeah. But I can't cover him. I can't cover him with it. He does not like that. He's no go on that. <laughs> Anyways, that was my cat talk. Um, which, if you're wondering what kind of cat Tucker is, he's a rare. Tuxedo Couch Panther. Yes. <laughs> it's a miniature Tuxedo Couch Panther. It's a rare breed. 
I'm sure some people have them, though. <laughs> Looks like Yeti has a wild gray couch panther. Silver. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a panther cub. <laughs> yeah, I, I have four. So one's my black one's down there. And then uh, the other three are on the bed. The paralyzed cat's on the bed. He's awesome. So, oh, he's so I know cute. we talked about him before. Yeah. Oh, Lucas Two Legs on Instagram. You should go follow him. Yeah. You should go follow all of us on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah. Lady LeVay, uh, the movie raccoon, Jim Jam here, Johnny Dot Leroy. So let's move into some more news. Uh, it has been confirmed that. What is it? What's her name? Screen. No, is it? Uh, Nev Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, Nev Campbell and David Arquette. Now. It come up today that uh, he has officially confirmed to star in new screen movie from Ready or Not, not directors. So maybe it's actually going to happen. I don't know what they're going to do. They're getting the band back together. Yep. I'm well, interested or, to see where they go. Yeah, Ready or Not was fun. So are they going to write the script or work on the script too, or is somebody else writing the script? Um, it's an original co-written uh, by James Vanderbilt from Murder Mystery, Zodiac, The Amazing Spider-Man, and Guy Busick. Because it says plot details are under rats, but the film will be an original story. Co-written by them two. Ready or not, Guy Busick. I think Busick did Ready or Not in Castle Rock. With Project X Entertainment's Vanderbilt Paul Ninestein and William Chirac producing for Spyglass. Hmm. Neat. So, it's in the works. I mean, I guess it's moving forward, you know. I feel like Spyglass has put out some pretty good shit recently. Uh, when do you think uh, uh, Blumhouse is going to try to jump on it? Um, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I'm just joking. PG-13 fucking scream. Uh, there's no way. Come on. No way. Uh, but it, I mean, it, it's obviously moving forward. I don't know where you could go with the film, like we had said before. Uh, I've only seen the first one. And, I mean, it's, it's a good movie. You know, I I may have seen the second one and all the other ones, that, but I don't remember them. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I feel like it'd be uh, maybe like a... <sighs> I don't know. Like, really, all you got to do is bring Ghostface back to kill some people. But that's all you got to do. How are you going to work it? But they, like, what happened in the second and third I, one? Who was Ghostface? I mean, they always had different twists. So one was like, I think, was it the second one or brother or something? Um, it, it's always somehow somebody coming up from from somewhere related to the story. But I don't know. I. I they're they're not bad. I mean, the first one was great, and the the fourth one, I think it was, was good too. Um, it'd be neat to, if they could really come up with some something unique for it, though. You know, and not well, follow what if any they of the other twenty twenty. Well, I guess twenty something years later, and it's like the grandson of or the grand. You know what I'm saying? Like or got it or Sydney's the killer. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be down with that. Dewey's the killer. He's finally tired. Yeah, just snaps. We'll see. I mean, as the year goes on, more stuff will come out. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? I like Ready or Not. So, I mean, mean, I've heard good things. I haven't seen it yet, but it looks really good. Uh, I like Friends. David Arquette's in that, isn't he? Are you talking about the TV oh. show? Yeah. No? <laughs> no? He's not in... Not, it's uh, it's one time Yeah, Courtney yeah. Cox. He might... Did he ever do a guest appearance, though, on I it? imagine. Probably. I can't yeah, remember. sure. How many episodes are there of Friends? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm only like probably in the first show. Season. That was 
Friends was not my jam, so. No? No, I, I, I mean, I've watched Friends, but that's not something that when it comes on, I'm just like, oh, I got to watch Friends. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, I never really got into it before, but we started watching it uh, a few nights ago, and it was like, it's pretty I mean, good. It's not a bad show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good As show. far as sitcoms go, it's, it's pretty fucking good. I'm usually not yeah, a sitcom guy, you know? Because when I was in the early 2000s and we had an antenna on Fox from like 6 to 7, they always showed uh, Seinfeld. So I've mm-hmm. seen every fucking Seinfeld. And then they started showing uh, Two and a Half Men. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. damn, why, why'd y'all ruin it? Yeah, I, I didn't care for Two and a Half Men. I mean, it was a funny show, but it wasn't for it to be so popular, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like Big Bang Theory. It's like I don't know, I don't get why it's so goddamn popular. Yeah. That show was funny, but it got old I, after a while. I think it says a lot about uh, society. Yeah. <laughs> what well, was I think it was something new because you had a little bit of nerdy people, you know? What I'm saying? Yeah. And it was nerd exploitation. Yeah, I yeah. mean that might that part might be cool, but. It was horrible. It's just, it's all bad. I, I'm not really a sitcom person. Yeah, that's me. I, I haven't watched a sitcom in a really long time. The only sitcoms, so to speak, that I ever got into that I absolutely loved was The Office, Parks and Rec, Community, and 30 Rock. Is uh, the first 48 considered a sitcom? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm scared. You just watch the ID channel all day, man. I, I, when we first uh, shut down, first half, and I started watching Pluto. Was it Pluto? And yeah. they saw the old uh, crime. Uh, what is it? Oh fuck! Cold case files and mm-hmm. the the new detectives or whatever. Fucking. Oh, you get sucked in. I know. Oh yeah. I, no, but the problem is, is I've watched so many of them that they keep fucking repeating them now. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god, I've watched way too much of this shit. <laughs> so now, I've, now I've downloaded uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey because they had it Ooh. on sale for like twenty five dollars from a hundred, which I mean, I imagine it don't cost a hundred dollars for the gold edition because it's almost two years old. But so now I'm addicted to that game. Nice. I haven't played a game the whole time we've been off, or I haven't played a game in a really long time. So. I've been doing puzzles. Well, if I have somewhere up. to do puzzles, but I don't limit my cat where he can go, really, because mm. he gets mad. And I don't have a really big place. I live in a duplex. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you know, he don't have a lot of room to run. So, if I shut doors, he really don't have a lot of room to run. <laughs> yeah. And he can't yeah, keep messed up, messed up puzzles has some really good horror puzzles, so... I bought them a while about a year ago, and now I finally able to sit down and stuff so I can frame them. Yeah, I've been playing uh, brain puzzles. Like there's like a fucking app on my phone mm-hmm. where you do like you know the little connect the tube so a ball goes down and gets into the all that shit. Uh, you know, because I do like to try to keep busy, but without just watching fucking TV. Yeah. And reading a lot of books. Finally. I wish I could read. I mean, I can read, but I wish I might. Let's fucking get that straight right here. I can read. But I, when I try to read, but yeah, when I try to read, though, like, I have to read a book two or three times because I'll read a page and then my mind just goes, I start, and I'm like, what the fuck did I just read? Like, I don't remember anything I read. Yeah, I do that too. I don't know. It might be a touch of ADD or something. I don't know what they call that. So I'm a. That's why I like audio books. Yeah, for sure. That's oh, yeah, that's what I need to nice. start working out and just listen to audio books. Shit, yeah. Yeah. But let's uh, let's do what, Jimmy. Oh, I would say I would never uh, would have uh, read or listened to or read it. If I hadn't had audiobook. Oh, I ain't reading good. that much. <laughs> Y'all need to get the Dark Tower uh, series. Or the movie of the week. Tonight on the 
movie of the week. Movie that's of the, the week. So that's the poster. Take it, take it away, Angela. All right. So um, I chose this movie because you guys all had Hulu, and uh, I thought it was really cool when I first saw it a few years back. It came out in 2015. Uh, it's a, tur- a Turkish uh, horror movie. And uh, it hit a lot of the film festivals, and it won um, Best Director at Fantastic Fest. Uh, it had a budget of 300000 and um, the director is Ken Evernall. And he also, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he has uh, his latest movie is Housewife. It's on Shudder right now, so if you kind of dig his, his feel and stuff, um, that's another one that's out there so um and it and it is in english he made the decision to do it in english i believe so um anyways i guess the the best way to describe this movie is it's uh, a story of uh five turkish police officers that are um possibly in purgatory uh, when they're called to a crime scene at an abandoned police station known for uh, rumors to have uh, occult activity. They descend into a hellish nightmare involving blood-soaked orgies, dismemberment, mutilation, cannibalism, and satanic in- imagery. Um, I know the director talked about he's really into like mish- mash uh, of uh, movies. So he said that he really wanted to be able to take this independent movie and turn it into a Twilight Zone at the end. He just wanted tons of gore. And and, um, there is a lot of symbolism in here and everything, but um, he doesn't really talk about it. So what makes it interesting is um, Turkey is mainly Muslim Islamic. So there could be some symbolism that maybe doesn't translate quite the same for us um i know with like there's there's tons of frogs uh throughout the movie and they're leading them closer so the frogs are leading them closer to hell so to speak yeah the police station which is that representation and um you know, you even have um, a, a very cool character called the father that gets introduced. And um, the director said that he is the leader of Fallen Angels and is in the nightmare of one of our lead characters, Arda. Um, the father sees them and his so-called minions, we'll just say that, <laughs> as, as fallen uh, outcasts. And... Um, these are people, including the five police officers, that are um, in search of happiness elsewhere. They, they they see with their eyes, so they want things like power and so forth, and, and they're never content. So his goal is to see with your mind, not your eyes. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of interesting, and um, I, I looked up some interviews and then Yeti also provided a, an interview um, where the director was on and um, it, it was he was talking about how strict uh, Turkey was and how conservative it was and um, even up until the 80s uh, there was a law that you portray police officers in a negative light um, <laughs> So he was expecting some backlash for this movie, but he didn't get any. And he felt that um, that one of the main reasons was because it was seen out of the country. And that's looked at as being very prestigious. So, um, and he was also really happy because I guess seeing movies is in this common over there, like going to the movie theater. So uh, his film was not censored and it was... Um, it was kept, it wasn't edited or anything. Wow. So he was, he was pretty, you know, um, happy about that, that everything he wrote and put into the movie was kept in. Um, 
it is like I said, this movie was made for three hundred thousand, um, and his his family pretty much put up the money for it, and um, it, it was a, a, you know kept as a really independent film, and it played in forty five theaters over there. So he felt that even for being so conservative. You know, for it to make that many theaters was was yeah. a pretty big deal. Yeah, over there. Because um, I wondered about that, the whole, uh, the being a Turkish film and the content that was in the film. I was like, do they allow? Because with the Muslim, like, because all we see is what the media tells us. And yeah. you know, we live in the United States. I don't know what any country is out there. I mean, you can read about some stuff, but you don't really know what their viewpoint is. So, but you know the the gruesomeness and the nudity that was in the film. I was just like, well, he was seen in the interview that um, Yeti provided that uh, in TV, like even cigarette smoking, sex, it all gets blurred out. Okay. On TV and stuff. Um, okay. So, um, I know there was from the conservatives and some kind of religious. Um, backing there there was like a small percentage of people who didn't like it um as far as the cops though his intention wasn't to make them look good or bad um he did say that like in western culture we view them more like assholes because they seem like bullies and kind of disgusting you know what i mean they're telling prudish you know or just their story about you know screwing animals and and then the trans well, I don't, not transvestite, but the, the, the prostitute that was really a guy and, um, you know, more crass. But he said that over in Turkey, when it was viewed, um, they laughed. They thought it was really funny. Um, he said oh, that. That was a funny um, part, though. Yeah, yeah I laughed, was, like, super yeah. hard. He said that, you know, the Turkish culture sees it more as buffoonery, so to speak. Yeah. And that um, the cops, um, like I said, weren't supposed to be betrayed as bad. But he sees. So for the longest time, Turkish cops um, can basically get by. They can do whatever they want over there. And so he said that in the movie they were supposed to be betrayed more as uh loose cannons and low education so which is how he said a lot of them over there are not all but he said that a lot of them are so i thought they were like i thought they were like gangsters in the beginning of the movie because i didn't see the like i saw that the one was wearing like a fucking leather vest yeah I, i didn't see their badge or anything so i just thought it was like they were bikers or something or like some uh, some like Guy Ritchie Didn't style gangsters. The police man outside. Yeah, um, they work in units, so I don't know if they're kind of like um, even though they're police. If yeah, I, you know, I don't know how it works over there, but maybe it's like a team as opposed yeah, they, to you know what I mean. Um, yeah, they seem like they were. There was definitely a hierarchy there, and I, I don't know. That. But like here, you have you know you have your sergeant, and then you have your team of ten. For a tactical team. Right. So maybe like over there, it's kind of this a similar concept, you know, and they have the boss and then they have the team and that's their unit and, you know, they do whatever. So. But yeah, so the film opens up, though. Uh, they're at a, a, a diner-ish. We would consider it kind of like a roadside diner in the yeah. United States. It's like a little out of, nowhere, out of nowhere. It, it the nightmare. I said it starts with a nightmare first of Arda. We oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Yeah, it does start there. I forgot all about that. Yeah. And then it cuts to that where they're at the restaurant that's in the middle of fucking nowhere. And like like I said, they're telling jokes on that shit. But it was just dark. The whole movie, apparently the movie was shot in 28 nights. <laughs> That was part of the IMDb trivia. Um, yeah, it was, which, he said 20, 26 nights, and it was really cold in December. Oh, wow. Yeah. In December, too. Yeah. Did, you, did y'all see what uh, they said his uh, inspiration was or something? I don't know. He had a lot. 
Yeah, Nightmare on, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser, Apocalypse Now, The Descent. Was that and um, uh, that helped him to uh, develop the uh, father? Sorry, the father is such a cool character. Like, yeah, they uh, the, the actor who plays him was really fucking to me is fascinating. Because like I was like I'm watching because I went in completely blind. I didn't watch the trailer and read the synopsis. I just fucking I just went in. And uh, I was like, damn, that makeup is, like, really good. It's because it's his face. It's just his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he, he apparently, he went to the mayor of this little town, and he was like, look, because, like, you see him without a shirt on in the movie, and I'm always jacked. Yeah. He's built like Bruce Lee. And, uh... So he goes, he's like, look, my back is strong, my mind's strong, my arms work, but nobody will give me a fucking job, man. And so the mayor was like, well, I'll take you to the media. And they started calling him a little spaceman. So they got him a job at this, like, car park place, and he fucking, you know, he, he has a good job, and he's got a wife and everything, and then finally he's like, you know, let's get you into acting. And he, he never got a hit since, like, this is, like, years like 10, 15 years, and nobody ever came to him, and this director found him through a casting agency. It was like, yes, this man. Yeah, yeah I forgot <laughs> what disease he has. He has some rare disease. I, I, I tried and tried and tried and tried to find it because I was just like, what the fuck is this? The director said, what is that causes your muscles to develop, right? Like, where you're just, you got overdeveloped he's, muscles all the time. Like, he's just so cool looking. Yeah, he's awesome. He's perfect for the character. I was like, where the hell did they find this guy? I wonder how many movies he's been in. This was his first movie. Yeah, it was his first. Yeah, I was like, damn. Yeah. He fucking played that part, too, just for perfection. That's. It was, uh. God damn, it was. The whole movie, like, I've never been creeped out by frogs before. Like, as far as frogs go, I'm very much like the Mitch Hedberg school of thought. I'm like, oh, look, there's a frog. Maybe he will settle near me and I can put him in a manage jar with a twig and leaf to recreate what he's used to. But, um, those frogs fucking creep me the fuck out. Like, <laughs> just the way they're shot. And yeah. Uh, that's another thing. Like, the, the camera angles, the shots in this movie are so good. Like, uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The score's great. Um, it, it's... I guess, I, you know, it, it's really, it feels like purgatory and hell and, um, and it, there's like this time loop, everything's like all entwined in it with symbolism and everything all up for interpretation. It, it's just, I know there's been complaints, oh, this movie doesn't have a plot, it's not well developed, blah, blah, blah. I disagree. I was captivated from start to finish, even when I first saw it. And the second time, I loved it just as much. Oh, yeah. Like this, uh, for, for after probably the first. I want to say like half hour, like it's when they finally get to the abandoned police station and get in there and shit starts really happening, slack jawed for the rest of the movie, just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I loved it. I, it, just, um, it was really cool, the, the repetition, and then there was less police officers, and then just the relationship between the boss and Arda and... Mm -hmm. um, and then telling the story, and you see the story, and it, it takes a while for that to kind of unfold um, from when he was a kid and his best friend, and then reliving the nightmare throughout again, and it, it was just really cool. And how it all takes place, I know some people are like, oh, that's cheap, because it only has like three settings in the movie. That's okay, it works. I think yeah. it works really well. You know, and yeah. I, I love I love the van scene when they're all singing. Um, I know just as a unit, um, you know, you especially if you're on some long tour, it's a long night. You do as an officer have these bonding moments, you know, and, and whatnot. And I really love that scene where they're singing the song and they're 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 dancing, you know. And I, I have friends, Muslim friends, and and. 
you know, we always have fun with them and at work and, and they'll dance like that too. And it's great. You know, I don't know. It just made me happy because it made me think of them. And it was just a cool moment in the movie as well. Yeah, I think it was really important. That scene in particular is really important. For one, the song was kind of cool. It was Kevin. It was, it was yeah. his knee song. And, and it was in public domain. That's why they used it. Mm. Oh, yeah. But they, but it was it also showed that, yeah, they work together and whatever, and they kind of bristle back and forth. But these guys are these guys are buds. You know what I'm saying? They they know each other real well. They have they have this yeah. cohesion to them. It, it really kind of where you don't get a lot of character development, you get that moment, and it really fleshes them out somehow. Well, it's really think, well done. I think a couple of things. It shows the Turkish culture in the sense that. Um, you know each other outside of work and you probably got on because you know each other, you know, you probably got the job because you know each other. So, you know, it, it does give you kind of a glimpse into the culture without maybe being overt about it. But right. I think the characters were well developed enough. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's all you needed. yeah, it is because you really get a feel for each one. And, um, you know, like even Arda, like, I I was like, why is he here? I could see why everybody else was there, but you know that was really fascinating and and just kind of his whole character, um, you know, and and the I think that just like I said between the symbolism, the key, the lock, and him maybe breaking the loop and the ending, it's just like ah. Oh. And, and a lot of people bitch about the ending, too. Oh, it's one of these again, you know, a time loop thing and stuff. But I, I don't know. I thought it was cool. I did, too. I, I, really, I really liked the way it ended. Well, that was my only... That, I think that would have been my only complaint was, like, he got to the end, he's going through the woods, and I was like, oh, I see what happened. Yeah. I, I, kinda like, I was kind of like, eh, I think it could have had a different ending, you know. But I guess you're in hell or whatever it is, so you're going to live through that over and over. And and I guess unless until he stops, break, you know, until he gives in. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because he's wanting to give in. Mm-hmm. So that he could go to hell or whatever. I don't know what it meant by the chosen one. Like, I thought it was you, but it was him. So maybe he's the only one there. Who knows? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Fucking. It's a whole movie. I mean, you don't know. I don't know. I like the movie. So. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, 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 do, I do, like, I telegraph the ending there. Because it's like he's running down the road, and I'm like, come yeah. on. Come on. And that's like, headlights in the distance. I was like, yeah. Hit him. Hit him with a fucking car already. Yeah. And then it, then it happened, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the IMDb trivia. It says that each one of their deaths, the cops' deaths, uh, reflects a sin. And one of them's lust, or their lust, rage, and gluttony. Yeah, the director said that it had nothing to do with them. Because um, I was really researching. I wanted to hear what the director had said. And he said that it was meant to symbolize everyone. So it wasn't about the individual cops themselves yeah. or that they did anything. Um, it was more or less saying that hell is is inside of us. Hell and earth are, 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 are you know, heaven and hell are here on earth. So yeah, because the, one dude, uh, the one dude was always pissed off, it seemed. He, he would rage real quickly, you know, where he, yeah. he wanted to fight the, the young boy at, at the, or the, not young boy, but the, the son of the uh, restaurant owner for making the comment. And he always raged real quick. So, I mean, that yeah. makes sense. The, I, I imagine that. I think that was for him. I don't know. The gore in this movie was, like, all, all the practical effects in the movie were really good. But yeah. the gore was, yeah. gore was fucking fantastic. Hey, um, I want to say something. Uh, the one part where the dude, after he gets done fucking that girl, or whatever it was, that, you know, she gives birth to something in that pan. The fuck was that? Like a rock baby. Yeah, I didn't she, understand. She passed the. She passed the. 
Kidlestown. That's a yeah, big ass Kidlestown. Sort of deformed <laughs> demon child yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah, like it might have some symbolism that we don't know of. You know what I'm saying? So I was wondering, like, she got pregnant that quick and had a baby really fast. That was amazing. Yes. <laughs> my, uh, my favorite scene in the movie is where there's a scene where he uses, like, the father uses the tip of his finger to, like, just open up this dude's gut at the belt line. Yeah. And he pulls, pulls his intestines out. And then it, he's standing in the middle of the room talking and he's winding homeboy's intestines oh, around his forearm like, like, a, like an extension, like he would wind up an extension cord. Yeah. Right? He's just just uh, casual as you can be. Like a hose. Like a hose yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just super fucking casual. No big deal. Just guts. And then hands it off like he's like, here, take this. I'm done. That fucking, that little sequence there was just, it was just so cool to me. Because it was like, yeah, this is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saw him as like obviously the leader and but that all the other people look up to because they were so lost and and the, to him it was like there's my happiness it's him you know yeah you know like when I said in the trivia that they were inspired or the director was inspired by one of them was Hellraiser I definitely could see that but it was a more fucked up, gory Hellraiser. Uh, they wasn't in the leather, looking like a '80s rock band or something. Hellraiser's <laughs> pretty. Uh, well, I know it's gory too, but uh, you know, like or nasty, I guess. Like, well, you, you gotta you gotta think the original title for the Hellraiser movie wasn't uh, uh, it was a uh, sadomasochist from another dimension. Mm-hmm. So the bondage gear really makes sense there when you yeah. figure that in. But yeah, it was, it was definitely, this was definitely dirtier. Yeah. Dirty, there you go. I should have used I, filthy dirty instead of gory. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't understand if it was shit on the floor or if it's just fucking dirt. Like, it's probably everything. Yes, it was all of the above. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, God damn. Shit and blood and bodily excretions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, sad, it's definitely a good movie I would check out. I mean, it's on Hulu, so if you got Hulu, go check it out. Sure. Are y'all ready yeah. for uh, Are y'all ready for my nip nitpick of the week? Yes, so ready. Oh God! <laughs> At the beginning of the movie, right after the thing hands off the pail with all the meat in it, the motherfucker's cutting. Man, I have never cut meat that sounds that squishy. Have you? That's yeah. some squishy ass meat. Yeah, I don't know. You, you let meat rest up to room temperature. The good, oh, yeah. good marbled meat, like you know, maybe you know, human flesh. Yeah, a yeah, good, a good fatty kind of meat. Maybe it was their human flesh too, since it's yeah. moving. Well, well, I mean, there's also the scene where they go in into the, in the building. And there's like a, a room where they're butchering motherfuckers butchering. Yeah. In, the, in, in, in with a metal pail, just like you see in the beginning. So mm-hmm. yeah, they kept going back to the meat at the restaurant. You just they just show it on the fire burning. Burning, yeah. You know, yeah it just, I don't know. It yeah. just to me, it just seemed very, uh, very loud. Like they turned up the volume on it just a little bit more. I think just to get the gross effect, though. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess, and you guys are probably right. I, I just didn't feel like it was gorgeous to be gore, in a sense. I don't know. It it, it felt with the flow. It felt like it. Yeah, right. The director was going. It wasn't just to be gore, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's what I, I kind of like that when it when you have something like that much gore, or like in Tennessee Gothic. I'm looking at the poster, so it comes to mind with all the sex and that. Where you can take this thing that's usually used like gratuitously, where it doesn't really—it's just there to be there—and then something like this with the gore, like a lot of times with this much, it would just be there to be there. Like I didn't watch fucking ten-minute hell sequences and shit, but this really fits. It works. It's not gratuitous. It's all part of the plot. It's all part of this big yeah. puzzle. 
And I like that a lot. I, I, yeah, I really, I, I appreciate shit like that. I really do. Well, if you're going to depict hell or whatever, hell, you know, everyone has hell on the inside or whatever, it's got to be grimy. <laughs> you don't want a picture like, oh, this is great to go to hell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking dirty, you know? Yeah. It's hell. It, it sucks. You know, it's supposed to suck. It's supposed to look bad. You're not supposed yeah. to want to be there. You know? So... Yeah, it worked for me. I mean, and, and while it was, while it was disgusting, it was like fucking really gross in there. It was also like a really nice building at one point, and it was a, a so it it was a police station at one point, and they're cops. So there's a, a level of like, even if they've never worked out of that station, there's some sort of familiarity there. Just I, I feel like so so like you have that kernel of hope, like you know this is all grounded in reality. So there's still some hope there. And it just gets crushed. You yeah, know, think, as, 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 they, as they descend, it gets worse. You know, mm-hmm. as they go yeah. down. It's, I always said that the, the sex scenes, uh, I, and this is just true from IMDb, who knows if it's true, were filmed in some of the most conservative areas of Turkey. Yeah. So they were always on edge that people were going to find out what they were doing because they didn't have... Uh, the right paperwork permits to film in all in a lot of the places, so they're they're really on edge to these nights, you know, like oh shit, are we going to get caught? Yeah, that's that, that's that good old fashioned guerrilla filmmaking, man. And like he said, that half of them wanted to do the, you know, was fine doing the nudity, and the other half wasn't. So he had to come up with a way to cover people, so to speak, that would still fit in and. And I thought it worked. I thought it worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. That's I like good film. Yeah. The only thing I remember, he had some side boo with a girl crawling. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a couple of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, shaking her hand. Nudity, but it's nothing that, like, it's not anything you want to see. You know no. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Which is also, I always think that's kind of cool too, where it's like desexualized nudity. I, oh, yeah. I, I, like, I, I like shit like that, where it's just like, you know, nudity is not just supposed to turn you on. It's just, this is your human condition, you know? Oh, I would absolutely say the most uncomfortable scene was where he was forced to have Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe he was the one that was blessed. I don't know. 
I don't know if I, I think that's more of, um, I don't know. Someone else reading something into it. Yeah, I, I think that's more of a, a Western thing. And I, I don't I know if I necessarily think that his movie was trying to do the sins, the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Especially because that's more of a Christianity thing, not a, not a yeah. Muslim Islamic and I watched, uh, I actually watched another review of this from uh, uh, Bloodbath and Beyond. I love those guys. But they talked about, they had watched the, there's there's a there's a behind the scenes, like, mini documentary that they did uh, attached to the film when it came to, I don't remember what platform it was. It may be on YouTube, who the fuck knows. I, I couldn't find it. But um, he talks about how it's like, this is it. And it's like you can read into it whatever you want, but when when we did this, it is what it is. We wanted to make a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it, any any interpretation beyond that is just, I mean, what, what whatever you want to put into it. I mean, that's it's art. I mean, yeah. it's it's all subjective. So I thought that was really cool. Like, there's no heavy-handed message or anything like that. It was just like let's fucking let's make a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, and I do think it's cool because it's the kind of movie that each person can interpret differently and see different mm-hmm. things in it. And and I think it can either maybe pull something from you a little bit, potentially, you know? And, and so it's it's just, it'd be a great movie. I'd love to have it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Cool. So definitely go check that out on uh, Hulu, Baskin. It's, it's, a, it's a good flick to check out if you haven't. Uh, I mean, it's still worth watching, though we've talked about it for a while. And we didn't really go in order, so you don't know when it happens, right? Yeah. So it's definitely a good movie. Uh, Angela picked that one out. I think Jim Jam said something about what the next movie is going to be. What, porno? Yeah. It's a horror comedy. Okay, Fangoria. Right? Yeah, yeah. By Fangoria. Fangoria. All right, so. That'll be the next movie in a week, so if you can get your hands on it, is it even available? Yeah, it's available. Yeah, it come out uh, the 5th? No, the 18th, the 8th, I think. 10 days ago, whatever. So. Yeah, okay. yeah, so uh, go check it out before, you know, the next, <laughs> what, two weeks. We're going to be doing that one. Uh, yep. And as always, uh, thank you for listening. Go hit up teenhorror.com and uh, check out some stuff. Yeah, you might have a review of it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, within the next, probably by the time this is out, I'll have a review up. Uh, I'm going to take time to watch it and write it out. So, yeah, by the time this is up, there will be a review of Porno on the site and uh, hopefully the debut of the new series. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's all we got. We out. Peace. Live fast. Watch trash. Keep her strong. Hell yeah. Now it's time to say goodbye to the basement guys again. They would like to thank you folks for kindly dropping in. We're all invited back next week to this locality. To have a heap and helping of their hospitality. Or that is spooks and spells. Take your shirt off. Y'all come back now, here?